Macy Gage from the Tangentialist blog digs up and discusses events and experiences from her own collaged history on having a stigmatized condition known as bipolar. She relates, reflects, and refocuses it into infectiously funny anecdotes and amusing stories that will have you in stitches. Being a roaming artist, a roaming distracted artist, that reinvents and reimagines her goals constantly, this podcast takes you down a twisting rabbit hole of icons and avenues of slightly familiar yet offbeat occurrences. Join her every other week as she delves into her own bizarre memory banks, pulling out some eccentric moments that capture the intimacy on the ups and downs of this disorder lived out in her electric days of her rebellious youth. There is no excuse for me being absent. These last, uh, what is it, with this pandemic, it has been, what, six months now? I haven't been on top of my, my podcast, although I am positive everyone has been feeling a little sort of discombobulated because of this virus and all of its sort of aftershocks. I keep coming down on myself, and, and that definitely doesn't help. And I'm sure many of you know what this is like. When you get upset with yourself for poor performance or merely having your expectations too high, that you are guaranteed to disappoint yourself. Times are hard right now. And even though we can't be physically close with each other, we can show support and appreciation virtually and unfortunately with just emojis. <laughs> and whatever sort of strategies you've come up with or, or sort of techniques, that would be great to hear. Those are the only ones I've come up with right now those uh, sort of video chats, it's not really enough, but that will have to be sort of a temporary way to show our affection and our encouragement for those who are important to us. I'm starting to ramble, so uh, this is a perfect time to start the podcast. So this episode is episode number 12, and I titled it Extraordinary Strawberry Fields Forever, and that sort of sounds like a Beatles song or a play on it. I will explain all of that. I was going with how I was going to school. I, I, I told you last episode that I started at Ontario College of Art and Design. It was OCA and I've been sort of on fast forward with my life experiences just so I can sort of highlight the sort of troubled areas that, that I had. And that kind of plays into the fact that this is about me being a tangentialist, which I haven't really gone into yet, but, but I I will get to it. Yeah, I was ex explaining the the sort of difficult areas of my life just because it's in, I think it's related to the fact that, that I ended up having a, a traumatic brain injury that ended up resulting in bipolar. Like talk about wham, bam, thank you, ma'am for injuries or, or illnesses or conditions where I just, I just get two all at once. And it's not something to really be excited about, but it's like, yay. <laughs> This is it's not something to be to be laughing at because it is it's something that that a lot of us have to sort of figure out how to manage and, and figure out how to adapt to situations and, and figure out how to just have full and engaging and, and just uh, just a happy life, something that we feel that that we're not hindered. I think people that have conditions, whether it's bipolar or schizophrenia or any kind of phobia, I mean, as a whole laundry list of, of things that, that we all end up having to manage in, in our life. It just am amazes me at some of the things that, that we are capable of that, that it's just like, wow, we, we do 
as as humans we we put expectations on ourselves of that are just insurmountable or un, unattainable in some ways but i'm just amazed at at all the things that that we've been able to do over the years over the centuries anyway here me here's me going off on a tangent <laughs> back to the podcast and what i was getting at was that i was just touching on on the highlights of my my difficult areas of my life and then I was going to get into uh, my life experiences and how I dealt with it and how I learned to cope and manage and reevaluate the sort of everyday almost every day as I'm learning new sort of strategies of how to go beyond my limits and I will share those with everyone and and I hope that that is something that's engaging for you and something that you can find will sort of benefit you in in some sort of way following my my brain injury bipolar that just sort of happened right after and this was all in you'll you can hear that in episode uh what is it wonderland makes me wonderful and episodes after that discusses how i became bipolar my traumatic brain injury uh briefly so you can you can listen to that after that, uh, I was kind of on a loose train to nowhere. I was trying to figure out where I belonged. I was in the States for a little while with, with my parents, my adoptive parents, Bruce and Maureen. And that was a unique experience because I was not finding where to be or where to belong. I was just, yeah, I wasn't really doing much down there, but just sort of helping my parents with their house. I think I was just walking a lot. I was walking around, I was mowing the lawn, I was watching a lot of TV, hanging out at a, a CD store, because there wasn't much in this little tiny town that, that we were living in, Marion, Indiana. And, and Marion, Indiana, Jim Davis, I think was from near there. The guy that did the Muppets, I, I'm not sure getting off topic. I was I was down in the states just for uh just for about a year and then I was determined to come back to Canada and go to post-secondary education and and sort of make something of myself or this is this is what I I had this goal in mind. I was going to I was going to go to art school and I was, was going to do something with it. I was like, "Yes, this is going to be this is the direction I'm going. I I'm I'm really feeling I'm good as an artist and I was I was talking about how almost every day I was learning something sort of new for strategies on how to go beyond my limitations and the ones following that I decided I was gonna I was just gonna be an artist and this is this is what I was gonna find some success and this is the sort of the bull in me I'm a Taurus and I just decided you know what I'm gonna go ahead with this and I'm gonna this is this is yeah I was just determined to to do this and and so I did. I got accepted at, at OCA and, and I decided I was going to find an apartment. I did. I came back and I and I had this apartment with Dante and we were going to see what happened with me going to school, if that was actually going to happen. And, and it did. I did get accepted at, at OCA and I basically kind of had to just sort of break it off with him and say, you know, I'm going to school in Toronto and he was sort of doing his thing east of Toronto. He was going to school for journalism. So I just, I didn't think that that was going to work, right? So I just... I just broke it off with him. So I was by myself when I was in Toronto and I found an apartment with these older guys and that was that was weird. That was the fold me into a table. I think that was episode nine. Things were all crazy when I was in Toronto. Downtown Toronto, I was there's so much happening. So like so many people, so many classes, so many responsibilities that I had to start taking on and especially with just just assignments and like I didn't even really retain all the people that I was meeting. I was meeting all these people, all these teachers, all these people just everywhere because this was a big city and I wasn't, I was used to Toronto, but I was used to sort of the suburb of Toronto before that. And then as I said, I was in the States for, for about a year with 
with my adoptive parents, Bruce and Maureen, and, and that felt like I was in Timbuktu. I mean, there was, there was really nobody there, and it's so hot in the States, especially in the Midwest, the corn country. There's Nobody really wants to go outside because it's so hot. And who was I going to meet but random people at shopping malls and at CD stores? So it was, it was very hard to get in, involved in anything and really meet people. And then when I just sat, sort of wound up in Toronto, I was like, whoa. I, one, one day I went to the coffee shop uh, right by my, my college at that point, uh, OCA, and, and I just had had my my first senior class and, and I was just like, whoa, you know, I was in having a cup of tea and I was staring out the window and I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I just couldn't believe it. And then this guy just sort of approached me and he, he just saw that I had my portfolio with just looks at me and he's like, so what program are you in? And I just kind of looked over at him and I'm like, uh, illustration. And I just looked right back out the window and this is weird. You know, nobody ever approaches me. Yeah, I was just trying to go back to my dazed and, and mixed up feelings of what am I going to do? I was just trying to refocus back on that because I was like, what is this weirdo talking to me for? And, and then, yeah, I was just it was weird after that I began following him home because he lived just sort of on the way to to where I was living a few blocks north of the college and so I I, fo- I started following him home uh one day for tea during you know the classes and really that was like one of my best ideas yet his name was Jude and and he has been sort of my stonehenge my my force to be reckoned with and and my sort of anchor during my my school years he he had this uh, memory of an elephant and sort of the problem solving skills of a genius and sort of the practicality of a scientist. I mean, I'm kind of putting him up on this pedestal, but during my, my uh, school years, it was just exactly what I needed because I was so directionless then. I was just, what am I doing? What? Where am I going? I have to do this assignment. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where <laughs> where to sort of put myself. I I totally was astonished back then at what he was able to come up with and how he was able to get assignments done like no time at all. I would spend weeks or at least I felt like it was weeks. I would I would spend all this time on these assignments and he'd just like go to work, come home and it would be like nine, ten o'clock at night. He'd work on it for a couple hours and hand it in the next day. I'm like, what? He barely worked on it. How could he get better marks than me? Yeah, I was I was acting very childish, uh during during those those classes when I would I would pull those sort of stunts, but he hides it all in sort of a laid back, slightly hunky. Wait, no, that's that's not right. Manish? No, no, that's not either. He's he's just impressive. Uh, is a better better word for it. He actually approached me. He asked me what program I was I was in, and in a mixed up way, I gave him an answer that kept him interested. Then I found him later, and I followed him home for tea as my co-op was just two streets north from where he lived. And he was in a sort of co-op himself. His living situation was, was very similar to mine, just not quite as many people. And that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about, was how I went from that tiny upstairs sort of attic room that I moved to that the landlord never turned the heat on. Well, I ended up, I couldn't stand that, right? I was freezing. So I ended up finding this co-op that was just like not even a block down from where I was. And it was, it was really helpful because it was like you were living with a bunch of people, 15, exactly, 15 people, which is such a, I don't know, just 
crazy thing to be doing in a in a big city but it makes sense as as a student because you're you're sharing sort of the the responsibility of having to pay rent and you're able to you know meet people and talk about things i mean we didn't really but i mean we did kind of i, I knew what these these other kids were doing what they were going to u of t and and a little bit about their programs and stuff but it was kind of nice to just have that sort of relationships with other people that you were sort of in the same building with right so it's talking about how i met jude and and he had the same sort of living situation. I got on a bit of a rant about about my uh, my co-op, which I kind of just slid in there because I didn't tell you how that actually happened in the first place. Back to Jude. He was going into illustration. He was just a year behind me. And uh, it was the same direction that I thought I was going to be taking because I was sort of still in the sort of introductory classes. Like it wasn't quite full-on illustration, but I was totally overwhelmed. And I was like, Oh, geez. So I was a year ahead of him at that time, and I was part-time due to my, my learning disability. And this was, again, caused by my traumatic brain injury and my bipolar, which one of my, my first second-year classes, one of the teachers even said to everybody, just mention a few words about yourself, uh, and we'll go around the room kind of thing. And I hadn't been involved with any real people other than my parents for a year. And then before that, it was like the outpatient therapy and doctors and nurses and this is, yeah, it'd been a few years where I hadn't really, really talked to anybody. So my train of thought of what am I going to say was, was, yeah, not the right thing. I just, I thought, oh, I, I had a baby. I had a traumatic brain injury and I was bipolar. Three things that are sort of triggers when people hear them. They're like, what? That's totally a signal. Never talk to that person. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. I thought these are things that have happened to me and I'm, I'm going to just let people know right away. And so that was... Yeah, that was the kind of way I was thinking. I was like, I gotta let everybody know right away. I'm gonna just put it all out there. Later that year in the summer when we started dating, he invited me over for dinner. And I remember there being a lavish strawberry dessert he had made. He was such a fantastic cook too. And thank goodness for that as I am pretty useless in the kitchen. Although I am catching on to the bare minimum, or at least some other nice, not elaborate dishes, but some fun ones, you know, like what did I make yesterday? This spiralized sweet potato with olives and toasted oats. That really made me feel like I was getting into the Mediterranean way of eating, which I'm just a little nervous still, especially when it's just still new. Doesn't matter how many times I cook, I'm still not quite comfortable with it. These events and experiences are available on the Tangentialist podcast link above. And in more detail, uh, you will find them also on the tangentialistblog.com. Keep investigating these, these interesting insights and perspectives as I figure out new ways around my limitations. And I hope they will inspire you and others, friends you may know of that, that also have difficult situations, to get past their own sort of obstacles. The insights for this episode are don't always assume that every situation is sort of nonchalant or meaningless. Oftentimes, we have encounters with strangers when we're, we're out shopping or we're, we're out getting coffee and, and we don't think anything of these people that we're interacting with because they're, they're whatever, they're, they're store clerks or they're, or they're just, you know, they're making our coffee. Or if we, we just take a moment and, and just go back to, to those incidents and we think, you know, wait a minute, maybe, maybe there was something there. There was a, a like, especially like we're single, it makes more sense to do that. But if, if we see some sort of a uh, spark of some sort, even if it's just with somebody uh, that, that you think you could be friends with, you just get talking, you really connect on something. 
something couldn't become of these things and and they could they could become a relationship that could be very significant in in our future sort of endeavors just take a look at that in your own life and and see if hey wait maybe maybe you, you should have remembered that uh store clerk or that uh, barista who was making you a latte you know it's like yeah there was something kind of special there for for that brief moment and and just yeah see if there is that spark there that can actually develop into some sort of relationship that you're willing to invest in in the future it becomes really something that's that's beneficial and 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 satisfying for both of you and that's that's my little side note for a little more of an elaboration of what I was talking about with uh, how I met Jude and how he became such a, a significant relationship for me when I was in, at university. He was he was definitely a, a great rock for me, and he helped me me get through a lot of things. It was it was a good time when we were together, sharing the responsibility of of going to post secondary education and and taking on that huge mountain of responsibility. Good to recall those sort of chance meetings because sometimes they can actually turn into something that you may not expect. So thank you, Glorious Humanoids, for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. And this is what I will go into great deal with in the next episode, as I take you down another rabbit hole of my heady days of my rebellious youth, tripped up by disorder. Thank you, Glorious Humanoids, for tuning in. Folding up these anecdotes, I express them to you, and I give them for you to enjoy and consider as I reflect and remodel and re-engage what the future has for me on these social platforms. See you next time on The Tangentalist.